According to Barbara Rainey, there are blessings in store for couples who order their marriages according to God's Word. I think there are miracles waiting to happen in marriages, and we don't see them because we're not trusting God to provide them. We're not trusting God to do the work that only He can do. If you will choose to believe what the Bible says, if you will choose to trust God's plan, His pattern for marriage, don't you think that perhaps God might come through and you might witness, you might be a part of, you might experience a miracle that only He can do? Welcome to Ever Thine Home with Barbara Rainey. This is a podcast designed to help you experience God in your home. It's great to have you along. Before we dive into today's topic, let's just acknowledge up front The concept we're presenting in this episode is somewhat controversial. The idea that husbands should lead in their marriages and wives should help them lead can sound off to modern ears. But I think every Christian couple can affirm this statement. I want to do everything I can to help my spouse be all God intends for him or her to be. We can all say that, right? Barbara's husband, Dennis, joins us again today, as he often does. Now, the road of different responsibilities in marriage has a ditch on either side for men. One ditch is aggression, control, abuse. It's definitely not God's design at all. The other side is also harmful. It's what we might term passivity or lack of leadership. We asked Dennis and Barbara, which extreme is more common today? Well, I don't have any uh, research other than my own experience. I would say more of us are lazy rather than too dominant. So I think there are a lot more passive men today. In fact, I think there's a lot that is occurring in our culture that is uh, seeking to discourage a man from being a man and from attempting to lead, even if he does it wrong. And so uh, that'd be my guess. Let me see what my wife thinks. This would be an interesting question for her. What do you think? Um, I would agree with you. I, I think that there are a lot of women who would like for their husbands to lead. I don't think they exactly know what that looks like. Um, I don't know that they could define it but they sense intuitively that that's what he's supposed to do. They want him to be more involved with the kids or they want him to be more involved in what's going on around the house or, and that's leadership. And so they're looking for more from their husbands and they don't know what it looks like and they're not getting it and they're frustrated. I like uh, the definition of leadership. I'm not sure who said it, but uh Someone said a leader is a person who will take others someplace they wouldn't go by themselves. And, uh, you know, that takes energy to convince people to follow and then to keep on following and to go where they wouldn't go by themselves. And so that's why I would say the easiest thing to do for a man is nothing. It's just to pack it in and let somebody else lead, let somebody else attempt to overcome resistance. Okay, about this husband leadership thing. Many hear that kind of talk and think, that's old fashioned, it's patriarchal, it's antiquated, or even it's harmful. 
As a wife, you might think of yourself as liberated from that kind of thinking. In fact, you might say, I'm actually a better leader than my husband. Things go a lot more smoothly when I'm in charge. Well, Barbara says there's more beneath the surface. I think that in their heart of hearts, if they were honest with themselves, I think they want him to lead. I think they want that husband that they married to, um, to provide for her. I think they want him to lead. I think wives, that's why we date and get married in the first place, because we want that stability of a relationship that endures. We want that security that a man provides. You know, our, our daughter just recently got married. And one of the things that I personally am so encouraged about for her is that she has always had this fearful tendency. And so she would wake up when she would hear things in the middle of the night. Not too long ago, six months ago, she heard, thought she heard something outside her bedroom window. And she was awake for like two or three hours in the night. Well, now, if she hears something outside the bedroom window, she's going to go, Josh, did you hear that? What was that? And he's going to go, huh, huh? I have no idea. <laughs> she'll shake him some more and she'll say, did you hear that? And Josh will do something about it because that's what she wants him to do. She doesn't want to say, oh, stay asleep. I'm going to go see what's happening in the backyard. I mean, I think intuitively as women, we want that leadership. We want that man that we have married to take care of us at our core. And yes, we struggle with leadership. And yes, sometimes we think we could do it better. But I think it's the way God made us as women. God made us in the very beginning to to pair with a man, to partner with a man, to fit together with a man for him to provide what I was lacking. And I, as a woman, provide what my husband as a man is lacking. What's gaps? And so help a husband understand, sweetheart, why when he tries to lead, his wife will battle him for control. You've never experienced that, have you? <laughs> no. I outmarried myself. I mean, honestly, she has challenged me and her strength to become a stronger man. Now, I could have caved into that. But there were times when you challenged me in my leadership early on in our marriage, and I could have just caved in and, and given up. Uh, explain what a woman should do, though, if her husband is, uh, is doing that. He's just giving up, caving in. I think first she has to start and look at it and say, okay, what, what am I looking for that I'm not getting? Is it his style? Is he not leading the way I want him to? Is he not doing it the way I wish he would do it? Is he not doing it the way I would do it? Or is he just not leading at all? And those are two very distinct questions. I remember early in our marriage, I had this idea because I'd read all these books about what a Christian marriage is supposed to look like. And one of the things I picked up in my reading was, was that a husband was supposed to lead his wife spiritually. And I concluded that what that meant was that Dennis was going to lead me in having quiet times or in Bible study or I don't know what it all was because that was a long time ago. But I had these impressions in my head of what I thought he was supposed to do. A spiritual checklist. It was a checklist. And he didn't do it the way I thought he should do it. And therefore, I became critical. But it was because I had this idea in my head of the way it was supposed to be and he wasn't measuring up, so therefore he was failing. Rather than... 
looking at him, which I finally was able to do, and recognizing that he's just going to do it differently than I am. The way I would do it as a more structured person is going to be very different than the way he would do it as a more spontaneous person. And that's the kind of give and take, that's the kind of learning that needs to happen in a marriage so that as a wife, then I understand he is going to lead. He does want to lead me spiritually. He does want to lead our family spiritually, but it's not going to look like what I thought it should look like. A cynical husband might say, well, yeah, my wife wants me to lead. She just wants me to lead the way she thinks I should. (laughs) And yet the New Testament has some pretty clear instructions for both husbands and wives. Barbara says wives can find it pretty difficult. And I think the challenge for for women in this generation, for young wives like my daughters and their friends in this generation, is for them to encourage their young husbands to lead and then sit back and wait for them to do it. That's the hard part, is the sitting back and waiting for them to do it, because we hope they'll pick up the ball, that we hope they'll pick up the task or the suggestion or the hint and run with it, but chances are they're not going to as quickly as you would like. And so he has to fail. He has to fall. He has to make some mistakes. And you may have to have the conversation what feels to you like hundreds of times before it finally dawns on him that this is really important to you and this would really be helpful to you and this would really be better for your family if he would do this. And it may be that he didn't have a role model at all. It may be that he doesn't have a clue in this world what it means to be a spiritual leader or what it means to lead a family. I mean, really, when it comes right down to it, most husbands haven't done it before. And if they have done it before, they may even be doubly conflicted about what to do because they don't want to make the same mistake again. So it's a challenge for young women today to encourage her husband to lead, to believe in him and say, I know you can do this and I'm trusting you that you will. However she wants to phrase it so that it speaks to him and then for her to wait for him to try realizing that he may fail. It's like the old story that I've told for years at the weekend to remember. When my children learned to ride two-wheel bicycles, they tottered back and forth. They fell. I was always running behind them, trying to keep them from crashing and burning. But being a husband is a lot like learning to ride a bicycle. They don't know how to do it, especially with you. So if they've done it before, you're different. So a husband has to learn you as a wife, you as his partner, so he can learn how to lead you as an individual, as the person that God gave him. And we as wives have to give grace for the times when he fails, when he makes mistakes, when he doesn't do it the right way, and be willing to find the good, be willing to find what was right, to thank him for it, praise him for it, and encourage him so that he'll go, oh, that worked, okay, I can do that again. Because when a man feels like he's being criticized, when he feels like his wife is scowling at him and communicating failure, he's just, I mean, I can understand. He's going to go, oh, well, heck, shoot. Why, why should I try again? That's really why Barbara has written this book we're talking about. It's Letters to My Daughters, The Art of Being a Wife. And it's, it's a unique book because the book is actually how many letters uh, that are kind of manufactured from a daughter back to you? I don't know how many total, but each chapter has between three and five letters from either conversations I've had with my daughters or conversations with other young women 
and questions that they've asked me through the years. So here's one on this subject. It says, Dear Mom, look, I know it's worked for you and Dad. I'm happy for you. Honestly, I smile thinking about the two of you. But in today's society and in my own contemporary marriage, I'm really having a hard time with this idea of submitting to the hubs, (laughs) H-U-B-S, as if I'm lower than he is, exclamation point. I'm sorry, but it just doesn't fly with me. I think we can make it work just differently than you and Dad did. Can you still bless that? And then I love I love how Barbara begins to answer the letter from uh, not one of our daughters or daughters-in-law, but here's what she says. Dear daughter and her sisters, like fingernails on a chalkboard, submission has grated women for centuries. You're not the first to question its legitimacy. It really does great women, but it is what men need today from their wives. Ultimately, they need to know that their wife will follow if they lead. And I think the reason that it's such a hard word for us is because we so misunderstand what it means. We think of it as being uh, a place that we are put into by our husbands. We think of submission in such negative, um, distressing terms that the whole idea of even doing it, therefore, is just abhorrent. And yet we have to go back to what God intends for submission to be. And when we look at the big picture of God's plan for us as people, God has designed a submission relationship for us with Him. So my relationship with Christ, my personal one-on-one relationship with Christ is where I am following Christ. I have chosen to give my life to Him. I have chosen to surrender my life to Him. That means I've chosen to follow Him. That means that I need to submit to Him. So that means when I read a verse and there's something in there that catches my attention, my responsibility is to obey it, to follow it, to submit to that instruction that I'm finding in the Bible. And that's a picture of what marriage is supposed to be, that God has designed this relationship where my husband is going to lead me, where he wants to lead me, and where I want him to lead me. But my responsibility is to follow. Now, if he's leading me somewhere that I think is wrong or that I don't understand, and believe me, I do not follow without asking a million questions most of the time. Amen. Amen. (laughs) But I think that's a part of the relationship. A relationship is a communication between two people. So I ask questions. We talk about everything. And most of the time, we agree on the direction that we're going. Most of the time... It's not an issue of me choosing to submit and follow when it's not something that I agree with. I mean, we have thought through the years, there are probably only a handful of times over the 40-some years of our marriage when I have chosen to follow Dennis and to submit to him when I didn't agree with the direction he was taking us. And here's where I wish I could give young ladies who are in marriages today a hug and encouragement to get Barbara's book. Letters to my daughters, because the culture, the culture is wanting to convince you that this is death, that to submit to your husband represents becoming some kind of of non-person, that you become less or subhuman. No, if you if you read the passage that Barbara was referring to earlier, Ephesians 5:24, it's very clear. It says, Now as the church 
submits to Christ. So also, wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Now, let me ask you a question. When the church submits to Christ, is their life as a result of that? Do we experience uh, blessing and fruit and, and peace and enjoyment and contentment as we become what Christ made us to be? Of course. But now when we pull the parallel out, and, and there, there are those hard situations where a wife has to come alongside her husband and, and submit to him, and all of a sudden it's like, this is going to be death. And it really is an issue of faith. I just want to encourage mm-hmm. you, don't believe the culture. The culture is lying to you. The culture wants to destroy your marriage. It wants to destroy your husband. And the culture, led by forces that are not on God's side, the culture wants to convince you your husband is the enemy and to destroy your marriage in front of your kids. So they have a, a generational impact of a broken marriage. And the thing that I would add to that, if I were sitting face-to-face with some of these young women who are listening and just going, I don't buy this, I don't buy this, is I want to encourage you to say, if you will choose to believe what the Bible says, if you will choose to trust God's plan, His pattern for marriage, don't you think that perhaps God might come through and you might witness, you might be a part of, you might experience His hand? Might you experience a miracle that only He can do? Can you believe that God can work through that situation when you do choose to submit to your husband when everything in you doesn't want to? And the answer is, I think you can and I think you will. Because the scripture is clear that when we obey it and when we follow it and when we submit, there's that word again, to God's plan and His design, He will bless us. He will come through. And I think there are miracles waiting to happen in marriages, and we don't see them because we're not trusting God to provide them. We're not trusting God to do the work that only He can do. We only do what we think we can do on our own. And when we do that, we're not going to see God at work in our lives and in our marriages. Now, to be sure, there are sometimes difficult circumstances that do require a lot of nuancing. For example, in cases of a physically abusive husband, It's important for a wife to seek the counsel of a wise, godly woman in her life, someone who can help her know which steps to take next. But in a marriage where both spouses genuinely desire to honor the Lord in their relationship, they're not perfect, of course, but they want to love one another well. For that kind of a couple, Barbara says it often boils down to a need for better communication. That's why I say over and over again, it's so important to have conversations. So as we talked about earlier, if, if you're if you're having problems with him not coming home when he says he's going to, or not getting what he said he would get, whatever it is, it really doesn't matter. If you have those conversations and you seek to understand one another, then there are going to be less, less conflict because you'll understand why this happened and then you can make a specific plan about a specific circumstance or situation. So Dennis mentioned Barbara's book, Letters to My Daughters. The subtitle is The Art of Being a Wife. Barbara, in that book, compares marriage to a complex work of art. And because of that, husbands and wives have to learn to work in harmony to create a beautiful whole that is greater than the sum of its parts. Barbara uses the arts painting, dancing, 
gardening and so on, to uncover truth in a wise, insightful, and visually captivating way. Letters to My Daughters will inspire you to embrace the masterpiece of marriage God wants for you. Even if you've been married for 50 years or more, you might want to get a copy as a gift for a daughter or a granddaughter or any young wife who needs encouragement. The book is available for a donation of any amount to the ministry of Everthine Home. Check it out at everthinehome.com. Again, that website, everthinehome.com. Well, thanks for listening today. May you experience God in your home and join us for the next episode of Ever Thine Home with Barbara Rainey.